Hashem. We're going to try to, uh, we're going to try to just, as I'm going to try to leave all questions for after, just so we can try to get through all the material. Hopefully we'll do this in three shirim. So I don't know if it's every Sunday, every other Sunday, but we'll do it in three shirim. Should be able to get through the whole thing. So I'm going to try to just cover the basic halachas. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody today, when it comes to the Indian of Shevim, Shevim somehow got expanded to mean a lot of other things other than its original intention. But originally it was intended for the Indian of Tikkunah Bris and Begama Bris and that world of Kedusha. Somehow it spread to Chasnida. Somewhere from there, it spread to Shalom Bayes. Some of the people talking about Chinuch already. It spread to all areas, and you can figure out, you know, many turrets and why it spread to all areas. But if this is, if this is, has become the Minigan, has the Minigan, call yourself the Chazer over these halachas, and the halachas which we definitely need the Chazer over regularly, so it's good to take the opportunity to Chazer them over. It's something that, you know, especially with Bar Hashem pregnancies and birth control, and a person just forgetting the halachas, and it's something which, especially, you know, the husbands are not as involved in the day to day. You know, keeping of the halachas and, and, and making sure her is yes, but in terms of the bedikas, in terms of making sure, and the, and the chafifa, and the chatzitzas, husbands are not as involved. It's something that is very, is very common that a person can forget, and a person can be married 5, 10, 20 years, and you just, things forget. And I just see, I just see more and more from the shaylas that come in, that some of the things are just basic things that everybody's learned. You know, when they were chasen, everybody knew the halachas, but just, you forget over time. You know, wife's pregnant for nine months, and then there's a time, and then until, you know, until uh, till it begins again, you know, covering halachas nida. Person just, uh, person just has the ability to forget these halachas. So it's Kedai once a year to chaz over the halachas. We're not going to say many chedushim since last year. It's pretty much the same shit we gave last year and the year before. But again, it's Kedai to chaz over just so that we, uh, we keep ourselves uh, conscious of these halachas and discuss the halachas. So Mitzvah will discuss this week how a woman becomes Tameh. We'll discuss the halachas of when a woman is Tameh. We'll discuss our chakas. And then Mitzvah next week we'll discuss the process of preparation for the mikvah, chafifa, and the actual mikvah itself. And also obviously the bedikas during the shivniki and the whole process of becoming Torah. And then the third week we'll talk about vestas and any other, any other uh, potential, potential uh, sugis that come up. So when it comes to a woman becoming Tameh, there's two basic tumas that take place. One is the tumah midah raisa and one is the tumah midah rabbanan. Midah raisa, a woman is only Tameh if the blood came from the makar, came Amish from the uterus, and it was blood which came with hargasha. So it needs to come from the makar. If it came anywhere from under the makar, from the base of chitzen, then it's not going to be tamay. But assuming it came from the makar and it came with hargasha, then a woman would come tamay. Chazal explained to us that there's three tight, three basic types of hargasha. But all the all the place can say bezmanenu. It's kaman apanimta that a woman has a real hargasha of bimei chazal. Obviously, a woman will feel a zivas davarlach, which is one of the three hargashas that are mentioned. But when we say zivas davarlach, we mean an internal zivas davarlach. Every woman, when a woman bleeds, will naturally feel the blood coming out. That's obvious. But that's not a hargish. That's that's not what chazal meant when. They said a hargish, and therefore the concept of a hargish is something which is not so benimtsi bismaneinu. Nevertheless, a woman will still be tamimi de araisa bismaneinu. And the reason is either we assume that she felt them and she just wasn't margish that she felt them, or we assume that this is this is still considered to be re'iya, and therefore, even though there's no argasha, but this is the re'iya that Chazal were that, that the Torah meant, and therefore she'll be tamimi de araisa. Any woman who has a natural period will be tamimi de araisa, even if there's no hargish, because this is damage came from the makar and will be tamim. And that's obviously tumas nidami de araisa, and again, it's hargish that comes from the Makar. Additionally, the only things that are Tameh are, at least Midaraisa, are only four, four shades of red and one shade of black, which is really also, because I'll say that the black is also a red which ended up turning into black. When the red gets very, very dark, it turns into black. Only four shades of red would become Tameh. However, already in the Gemara it says that we're not experts in what these shades of red are, and therefore we say anything that's Noitaladmimus, anything that's similar shade of red, even if it's not the red that Chazal, that Chazal meant, even if it's not the four shades that were meant you know, to be Asr Midaraisa, nevertheless will be Asr. And that's why 
it just you, a person needs a messiah in order to be able to figure out what is called naital admimus, what's not naital admimus, and that's you know part of the whole process of bringing Amara to Rav is you know there's other other part other reasons also, but part of it is that the Rav can figure out is this naital admimus is not naital admimus. Many times a woman will get something on a bedika or on you know uh, will get a mara which is very very clearly not red and it's not naital admimus, it's yellow, it's white. Something like that obviously doesn't need to be brought into a Rav, you know something that's that's very very clearly yellow or white. Something as soon as you start headed into a gray area, something that's brown, something that's green, something that's any other color other than push it, uh, you know, a very clear example will be a great area and those have to be brought to a rav and slowly over time as the couple's married and bringing in, you know, especially if they're bringing in things regularly, we'll be able to realize that this is something which is not a great area, this is something which is all the way in the left, but a person really needs to have real expertise to really, to really be able to say for certain to themselves and it's always kadai, you know, people tell me I'm bringing it and they feel bad, I don't know, I don't want to buy, doesn't, every rav, this is what the rav's meant to do, it's meant to take pedikas and look at them and give up sock on them, it's not a big deal, it's not something that he's disgusted by, it's not something that's hard for him to do, drop it off in the mailbox, it's easy, it should be something which a person can do very quickly and very easily, and it's good to do, it's good to be, to bring in more, rather than bring in less and make the uh, make the assumption on yourself. So that's all Tomei made the rice. Again, it needs to come from the Makar, it needs to come with the Hargish, and it needs to be red, it needs to be, it needs to be, at least Mechazal, and Ferman, it needs to be something which is Neitela Admimos, in order to do it. It's also important that when bringing in a Mara to a Rav, just once we're talking about bringing it in, that a person gives context to the Mara because there's a big difference between a Mara which is a Hafsik, a Mara which is a Maich, a Mara which is day number three, day number seven. There's differences, you know, halachically between them. There's also differences based on the way the, way the Rav will be able to look at it, be able to figure out what's going on. So it's always Kadai. And every, you know, the pack of Batikal Kulas that come, there's always stickers that come along. I think all companies, from what I understand, I think all companies have the stickers. Put the sticker on or you write on the outside of the envelope. It's a Hafsik, it's a Maich, it's day one, it's day two. You write what it is also, especially if you're bringing in more than one Mara, you're bringing more than one aid if you, if you don't write what they are, so get very confusing because day number two can you know can be an issue, but day number three won't be an issue. And if the rav mixes up because he doesn't know the difference between the two because they're not labeled day number two and day number three, and you don't know which one's two and which one's three, you're not, you're not in a very good scenario. You're gonna have to push it off another day because you don't know what's two and what's three, and therefore it's always kadai to label it. It's also always kadai to bring it as early as possible to rav. It's not something which is there's no lachats you have to bring it the second that it happens. There's kadai to bring it as early as possible because over time the maris will fade and it'll be harder and harder to be able to tell. Uh, sometimes the guy bringing me a mara, I said. When's this Mara from? His wife's going to the mikvah, Mamish, the next night. I was like, when's this Mara from? It's from day number one. It's very hard. You bring in a Mara five days later, it's very hard to really be able to know what happened four or five days ago. It looks different. Mara's change, blood changes over time, and therefore it's Kadai as soon as possible to be able to bring it into the Rav so the Rav can look at it. It's also, halakhically, the Rav should only be looking at the Mara in daytime light, unless it's something which is very, very clearly not an issue. And therefore, a lot of times, someone will bring in a Mara to Rav and the Rav will say, I can look at it now, but I can't really give you a psak. I want to wait till the daytime to be able to see it in proper lighting. The fluorescent lighting, and even LED lighting, all lighting will, will change the way the Mara looks when the Rav looks at it, and therefore you need to look at it pro- properly when Chama Latzel, to be able to look at it in daytime light to be able to really see what it is. Again, that's bringing it in with context, bringing in what it is, bringing it in as soon as possible, and the Rav will be able to look at it to figure out exactly whether it's night Mimus, not night Mimus, and whether it will be an issue. That's all Tumma Meder Raisa. Additionally, there's Tumma Meder Rabbanan. Tumma Meder Rabbanan is called Ksamim, it's called a Kesem. What's the difference between a Kesem and, and, and a real, real Tumma Meder Raisa? So the Iker, a Kesem is also coming from from the, uh, assuming that the Kesem is also coming from the Makar, the difference is that a Kesem comes without a Hargish. Kesem comes without Hargasha. And we'll talk about, you know, Bismanenu, what the difference between a Kesem, because everything comes without a Hargish. We'll talk about that a drop later, what the difference is between a Kesem and a, and a Re'iyah. But a Kesem is something which is a stain. It's not something which is not a flow, it's not a period, it's a stain, and it's coming without a Hargish. And there are four coolest that come along with a Kesem. So again, if it's not a Re'iyah, then it's only a, only a Tumim and And there are four basic coolest that come along with a Kesem. Number one, and we'll just speak them out and then we'll go and then we'll be uh, and then we'll talk about the pratum of each one of them number one it needs to be on something that is a davar makabal tumah number two it needs to be on something that's white 
needs to be on something that's that's uh, that's white and not on, not on big date tzvayim, not on something which is colored or on the skin, which the skin is called white. It needs to be larger than a grit, than the size of a gris. And number four, it needs to be something that we we have no reason to assume came from somewhere else. As soon as we can have a tlia, as soon as we can assume that maybe it came from somewhere else, it came from some maka, it came from something else other than the typical typical makar, other than the typical damnida, then it won't be it won't be tummy in a case of a kesem. So that, those are the four coolest. Again, it needs to be on a davar makabotuma. It needs to be not on not a not a not a big date savinum, it needs to be something which is white or on the skin, it needs to be larger than a gris, and it needs to be something that we have no reason to assume that it came from somewhere else. So each one of these coolest will, will just be will be uh mafirish. Each one of these drop more about Arika. So first of all, it needs to be on something that is makabotoma. That means it's found on her, right? A person's body is obviously makabotoma, clothing is makabotoma, or on the ground, the ground that also be makabotoma. Not a very common case that you'll find it on the ground, but the ground that also be makabotoma. However, the other common cases, when it's found on something that's not makabotoma, for example, toilet paper, it's found on a toilet, it's found in the water of the toilet, it's found on a pad. All of those are cases which those things are not makabotoma, and mamela, blood, a kasem, which is found on something like that, which is not makabotoma, will not be an issue and she will remain tahira. So for example, a woman's wiping and she finds she finds blood on a tissue, so a tissue is not makabotoma. We'll talk about if she wiped right after going to the bathroom, but assuming a woman's wiping and she finds blood or she finds blood on a, blood on a, on a pad, those are not makabotoma and therefore it will have a, it will have a den of a kasem and it will not be metam, it will not be metamir. Number two, it needs to be found on something that's white. That means actual white, anything other than white or off-white or something, uh, something that's not mamish, in that category of white or off-white will be tahira, even if it's colored yellow, something which is which is can be a light color, a light green, light blue. Even those colors, even though those colors are light, nevertheless, it will still be tahira if a kesem is found on that. Never, often, what happens is, and that's what I was talking about you before. Often, what happens is that the underwear itself is colored, but it can leak through onto the tights, and a lot of a lot of the tights, the way they create them, I'm not sure why they do this, but they create them with a white lining in them and many times it'll go through and end up on the white and then you can end up having an issue where even though what it, what it was found on originally, the first layer that it was found on was big date svinim, which wouldn't be metame and then leaks through onto something which is actually white and therefore it's a potential issue and therefore women should just be conscious of this. Either put a pad over there or color, color it in just to make sure that on the days of in the days of Yimei Tahara, when she wants to make sure she doesn't become Tamei, that the Kesem is not going onto something which is white, therefore she should be wearing big, big date Tzavayinim, and she should also make sure that what is going through, the next layer, if it leaks through, will also not be on something which is, which is Lavan, but it will be on big date Tzavayinim. And that's why the Ramah brings down that a woman, during Yimei Tahara, she wear big date Tzavayinim, it's Eitzet Taiva Kamash Malon, that if a woman's Tahar, a woman's getting, even if she's getting close to the days, close to the days of Tumah, she wants to make sure that she's wearing big date Tzavayinim. Why? So that if there is any Kesem that's found on there, if there's any staining, and many times at the beginning of the at the beginning of the period there'll be slight light staining that will happen. That light staining won't be metamir because it's found a big date savinim, and therefore it won't be metamir. However, the place can do speak out that although she should wear big date savinim, she shouldn't wear very very dark colored underwear because then you just you don't have you don't have knowledge about what's going on. Like the same thing we were saying about you know black pads, something like that. It just you have to have knowledge about what's going on. So if there's going to be staining and the staining is found on something that's big date savinim, that's fine. But at a certain point, the staining will be so large that it'll be considered a period. And if it's on a black pad and she doesn't know how much is there, it, it's it's not, it's not a great scenario to get into, and therefore she should wear something which is dark, or big date savinim, any big date savinim, again, it doesn't have to be a dark color, but she should wear it in a way which she'll still be able to know what's going on, so she'll have knowledge of, okay, what's going on, especially as it gets close to the period, which means the beginning of Yimei Tahara, she doesn't have to assume that anything's there, and there should be no reason why she should be have any summum, any staining at the beginning of Yimei Tahara, but as it gets closer, to the days of Yimei Aves, and it's getting closer to the days that her, she's expecting her period, it's more likely to be staining, and at that point, she should be wearing something which, even though it's colored, but she should have knowledge of 
what's taking place so that she knows at least, uh, at least, at least where she's holding. So that's number two. Again, it has to be on something that has to be on something that's makabal tuma, and it has to be on something which is white or in that category called white, as opposed to if it's about big date tzvaynim and it's a kesem, it will be tahar. The third thing is, it needs to be larger than a gris. Not a gris, but it needs to be larger than a gris. And Ramesha, Ramesha Bismanenu, and this is the way all places come in America go, Ramesha said that's the size of a penny. The gris is, you know, it's, it's based on a machelas, on the type of bug. A louse is the proper, uh, the proper English translation of machelas, you know, bimei chazal. And Ramesha, Ramesha you know, was mashayar that, that that amount of blood that a machelas will create is the amount of a penny, including the penny itself, which means it's ad va'ad bechlal, the whole penny. And therefore, if the, if the kesem is found on something that's makabal tumah, and it's on something that's white, but it's smaller than the size of a gris, it will be tahira. So again, just to talk about common cases that happen, a woman stains, right? This is a woman at the beginning of her period starts staining. So you have to just figure out where she's staining. If she's staining on colored underwear, it's not a problem. It's a kasim on big dates of item, it's not a problem. If she stains on a pad, a pad's not makabal tumma, it's not a problem. But if she stains in white underwear, which is which is makabal because it's white and it's makabal tumma, a beggar will be makabal tumma, and it's larger than the size of a gris, that will become tummy. But if it's on white and she's stained, but it's less than the size of a gris, that will, then she'll be tired on that case, and there won't be an issue. And if we're, let's say, during the days of the Shiva Nikim, when she's wearing white and she stains, so that, that's a common case where she's staining on a beged, which is makabal tumma, and it's white, because she's wearing, she's wearing white during, during, the, during the Shiva Nikim, and therefore the shalot then becomes, okay, is it first of all noital admimus? Is it red? Is it something which is in the category of red that will be metameher? And also, is it larger than the size of a gris, or is it smaller than the size of a gris? Now, it would be very convenient if every, if every stain came out in a circle, in a, in a beautiful circle. Mice said they don't, stains don't work like that. Blood doesn't work like that. Blood doesn't come out in the shape of a penny. Blood can come out in many, many different shapes and forms. Blood can spread, it can be long, it can be short. And that's part of the, you know, the, the arts and crafts of a rav is to try to figure out, okay, if I take a penny, I'm a shire, how would it fit? Right? There's some, you know, uh, there's some scenarios where it could be mamish, you know, close to a gris and you have to trace it out on a piece of paper and then cut out the piece of paper and then put it together into a penny, push it to try to figure out, is this a gris or is this larger than a gris? To figure out, is it going to be metameher, not metameher? But that's what, you know, that's part of, again, part of the job of a rav is to figure out, is it going to be considered to be uh, gris, uh, larger than a gris or a gris and under? Now, if it's, this is only... This is only if it's one stain. Many times it will come out and it won't be one stain together. It will be drops of stains. So as long as they're two separate independent stains, even if you put the two of them together, it would add up to the size of a gris, she's still not tummy. The only exception to that rule is if it's found on her busser itself, if it's found on, on her skin itself, then even if it's more than one stain, and even if each stain itself has less than the size of a, less than the size of a gris, those stains, them, those stains will be mitzarif to come to the size of a gris, and that will be mitzarif. And if a woman does have blood on her, on, her, on her skin and she's not sure if it's the size of a gris or not, the easiest thing to do is take a, take a tissue, take something, press it onto, press it onto, the, onto the, uh, the blood that's there, take it off and then bring that to the rav and the rav will be able to see based on the imprints of the blood that was on her skin, uh, you know, exactly if that adds up to the size of a gris or less than a gris and if, if she is tummy or not. Also, many times what happens is, is that it will come onto, let's say, uh, it will come onto a begid, which will be makabal tumma, let's say, and it's, it's white. However, there's the seams, right? Every underwear has seams in it and therefore the, the kesem itself will get split by the seam. Part of it will be on one side, part will be on the top, part will be on the bottom. In that case, it's considered like two separate ksamim and it also will not be mitzarif to the size of a gris. So even though it's one, it's one stain, but if the stain gets split, it will also not be considered tummy. Another, you know, another, another 
another case which can happen also. You can have a kesem which part of it is tummy and part of it's tahar, right? So we said it needs to be noit ladmibus in order to be tummy. You can have one stain and only parts of it are, are red and parts of it are not red. You only have to be mashari the parts of it that are actually actually red and you don't have to be mashari the parts in between that are not red. Similarly, if it comes out of kesem on, on a beged, which is partially tzivainim and partially lavan, it's striped, let's say. So it's partially white and, part, and again, if it's kesem found on white, it will be more of an issue. Kesem found on color to be not an issue, it will be tahar if it's a case of a kesem. Therefore, you only have to be mashari that which comes out on, on the lavan, not that which not that which comes out on big dates of vitamin. And again, that's again, it's part of the job is to figure out if you have a kesem and it's a large kesem and part of it's on white, part of it's in colored, to take all the parts that are on white and be mitzarif them together to see if it's one stain, if it adds up to the size of a gris. That's all agave, the size. So again, it needs to be larger than the size of a gris in order to be matami. So those are the three, the three most common Three most common, three most common, you know, uh, coolest that you have by a kesem is first of all you have to figure out where was the stain found. Was it found on white or is it found on colored? If it's found on anything colored, it's not an issue, assuming it's a kesem. Number two is it found on something that's makabotoma or not makabotoma? Underwear is probably the most common example of some makabotoma. Pads and tissues are the most common examples of things that are not makabotoma. Toilet probably as well. Things that are not makabotoma, you have to figure out where it's found. Then even if it met the first two conditions, it's on white and it's on something it's makabotoma. Then I look at the size. What is the size? Is the size larger than a or is the size of gris and under? If it's gris and under, it will be tahar. Even if it's on white and makabal if it's over a gris, then it will be tummy. And the fourth one is a talia. There's some reason to assume that this is dam maka, this is dam which didn't come from the makar, this is dam which came from hemorrhoids. There's something else that's taking place that the couple has reason or the, or the rav has a reason to assume that maybe there's something else going on. That's also a talia where the rav can you know, say what's going on, what's taking place is maybe it's urinary tract infection, maybe it's hemorrhoids, there's other things which can cause and that's part of the job of the rav you know, to become knowledgeable in, in what are the potential things that can cause staining, which won't actually, uh, which won't actually make her tummy. And if the rough can figure out a proper tliya, this is, you know, the job of a rough, it's not the job of a couple, then the rough can, uh, the rough can be matter as well in a, in a case of a kesem. Now, if you find that, if one finds a kesem, and the kesem is tar, which means a person finds a kesem on big date savainim, a person finds a kesem which is l- small than the size of a gris, a person finds a kesem on, the, on a tissue. So in all those cases, she's tar, she's 100% tar, and she's ba'atzimataris labayla. However, it's not a very smart idea it's more than just not a smart idea. It could be a, a real potential halachic issues if she knows that she's staining for them to actually be together, which means no archakas will be usher. They can totally touch. They can be in the same bed. Everything's mutter. But to actually have to, you know, to actually be intimate with each other can can be real, can be a real issue. Why? Because she knows she's staining. She knows that there's blood, you know, potentially coming out. So to have tashmish at that time is a very is a very not smart halachically thing to do. And therefore she has to she has to abstain. How long? Again, I, I know that many places in Malik would say 24 hours. There's no, there's no clear cu- cold number on this. And that's part of, again, part of you know, figuring out what the scenario is. Why is she staining? Is it because of birth control? Is it because of an IUD? Is it stam, just the beginning of a period? It's part of the job of Ruff to be able to figure out, based on the facts that are given to him, what's going on and say, okay, you know, maybe wait a night and just see what's going on the next night. Put a pad on, see how, see how much staining goes on over the, you know, over the next 12 hours. That's part of a job to do. Part of the job of a rough to do is to figure out how long they need to abstain for. But Ba'atzim, she's Mataris Labayla, and definitely no Archakas. However, when it comes to Tashmish, it's, it's halachically not a very smart thing to do for them to have Tashmish if she knows that she's staining, even though she's Tahira. She found it on Davids Makabal Tumah. However, since she knows it's, that there's blood there, the Mela, it's going to be an issue. That's all Agabe. Tumah de Iraisa and a Kesem. Now the issue is, and this is the issue Bismanenu, is that we said that all woman Bismanenu, Ruba de Ruba of woman Bismanenu, don't feel a Hargish. So what's the difference between a Kesem and a Re'iyah? If a Re'iyah is with no Hargish and a Kesem, the whole 
you know, the way we define a kesem is that it doesn't have a hargish, so l'chari they're the same thing. So maybe every, maybe every re'iyah b'smanenu should just be a kesem because there's no hargish. But we said that every re'iyah b'smanenu, we assume that it has a hargish. So at what point does it move from being a kesem into being a hargish? Which means a woman's staining. So a woman's on a pad, there's a lot of blood coming out. So she says it's a kesem and it's on a pad and it should be, to, and it should be tahira. But the answer is it, it doesn't work like that. Because at a certain point it goes from being a kesem to being a re'iyah. We assume every re'iyah has a hargish with it. So at what point does that change? At what point does it move over? Again, there's no clear-cut definition of when that moves over, but at a certain point, it's going to go from a kesem to being a re'iyah, which means if there's a small amount of staining that takes place. Uh, again, there are many, many numbers thrown out, at, thrown out in different, in different <laughs> svarim. None, none of these are halachic numbers. They can't be halachic numbers because there no, there's no makar for any real clear halachic number. It's the, again, it's the job of the rough to say how long has the staining been going on? How many pads has she gone through during that day? How much is on the pad? The job of the rough is to figure out how much blood is there. Is it a kesem or is it re'iyah? So for example, a woman has something that's larger than a, larger than a gris, three, four, five gris, and it may be something which is large, but it's not large enough to be called a re'iyah or be tar because it's on a pad. But at a certain point where a woman's really bleeding, so she's staining at the beginning of the period, and then there's real blood coming out. There's a real flow coming out. So it may be contained within a pad, but at that point it's a re'iyah. At that point, even though it's on something that's not makabal tumah, it will still be tummy and it will still be an issue. And therefore it's, you know, a person has to consult with the rav. If there's more staining going on, larger than the size of a gris, larger than the size of a few grisin, and it's something which is, you know, happening. So, okay, you say it's on a pad, so it's not makabal tumah, but nevertheless, maybe it moved over from being a kesem into being a re'iyah, and therefore it's a potential issue. And again, that's something which the rav will have to be mashire based on the circumstances and, and, and the, uh, the uh, details that are brought to him to figure out when it will be an issue. Because once it reaches that size, and the fact that it's on a davar she'enim the fact that it's on color, none of these things will help. She'll still be tamei mederaisa because if it's a re'ia, she's tamei mederaisa even if it's found on davar even davar even if it's found even if it's found on something that's colored. Because again, these coolers are only coolest by a kesem. So therefore, once it leaves the world of a kesem and goes into a stage of re'ia, so then it's already going to be an issue regardless of where and how much is found unless it's not red, and therefore it will, be, uh, it will be an issue regardless, and you have to figure out, you have to talk to Ruff to figure out at what point it's not a kesem anymore, at what point it came a re'iyah. That's all Lagabe Ksamim and Lagabe Tumim So One more very important thing to speak out is that even though we assume that every kesem comes without a hargasha, the three scenarios that Chazal gave, told us that even though it's a kesem or it should be a kesem, it still has a din of a re'iyah dairaisa, which will mean that it won't help the size, it won't help where it's found, and it won't help whether it's found in the davar makabotuma or davar she'en makabotuma. And that is when a woman does a bedika. That's case number one, probably the most common case, when a woman does a bedika. Why? Chazal said very pasha. When a woman does a bedika, the feeling of the aid going into her, the feeling of the bedika cloth going into her is very similar to the feeling of the hergish, which she would feel at the beginning of her period. And therefore, she may have had a hergish and may assume that it wasn't a hergish, it was just the feel of the bedika cloth going into her. And therefore, Chazal said that any time there's a bedika cloth or any time anything goes in and comes out with blood, we have to assume that there was a hargish that took place. And therefore, if there's a tiny drop of blood that's found in an aid bedika, something which is visible to the naked eye, found in an aid bedika, even though it's so small, it's less than the size of a gris, doesn't make a difference. It will, if it's mimos, if it's red, and that's again the job of the rough to figure out if it's red, if it's red, it will be tamay. Even though it's smaller, and even though it's a kesem, it's not a re'iyah, it's not a flow, it's a tiny drop. Nevertheless, since we assume that it came with a hargish, even though the size may be very small, and even though maybe it's found in a dava that's not makabal toma, it's found in a tissue, it's found in a pad, nevertheless, if it's something that went in, it will have it will have the feeling it will have the feeling similar to a hergish and Chazal said you have to consider that to be a re'iyah and not a kasem. Now, a com- the most common example is a bedika cloth. A woman does a bedika during shivanikiyim and she finds something on it, so it's less than it's less than the size of a gris. Won't help you because it's not a kasem. In this case, we 
assume it's re- we assume it's a, it's a we assume there's a hergish and therefore it goes to a din of tumah medereisa with none of the coolest and unless it's not red that's why you bring it to a rav unless it's not red it's going to be an issue and will be metameher. Similarly. If a woman puts on, and this is you know commonly commonly done, a woman will put on a tampon at the beginning of the period. So the issue with putting a tampon at the beginning of the period is that it goes inside. It's not a pad. Pad is external. A tampon goes in. If a tampon goes in at the beginning of the period, which means before she actually starts having a flow, she's staining. It's a day or two before the period's actually coming. She starts staining. So she doesn't want to stain all over. So she puts a tampon in. Now the issue is that if the tampon comes out with any blood on it, even though that blood, if it came, was found on a pad, wouldn't be an issue because a pad's not makabotoma and it's not, and we consume that's a kesem. As soon as it's found on something that went internal, it's a very very different. Situation. Scenario. And therefore, a woman should be careful not to put on a tampon at the beginning of the period, rather put on a pad at the beginning, let it be found on a pad. That way, it won't be makabal tumah. And again, even though maybe they can't have tashmish, but at least they won't have to keep any archakas, at least she won't be tummy. And the Mela, she can continue being with her husband. And then once the period starts, then she'll have to obviously have to be Pirish. But if she puts on a tampon at the beginning, so even though the amount may be very small and insignificant, if it would be a Kesem, but since it's found on something that went internal, Chazal said we have to assume that that Hargish was similar to the Hargish of the Eid Bedika and similar to the Hargish of, of a Re'iyah. And therefore, it would be much more of an issue. And that's why it's not a smart thing for women to put it on at the beginning. She'd rather put on a pad. And then once there's a real flow, then it doesn't make a difference because she's talking anyways. Then obviously, she can put it on. Similarly, Two other cases, which are a little bit less, li- little bit less common, is if a woman finds blood right after meraglaim, right after talus meraglaim. Chazal said also the hergish of meraglaim coming out is similar to the hergish that takes place by reiya, and therefore Chazal said that if a woman found blood immediately after hatolus meraglaim, that would be considered to be not a kesem, but it would be considered to be tamei mederei. However, Ramosha says that that's only talking about a case. The natural Ramosha says that the natural, the natural time that the average person spends, you know, spends in the bathroom after talus meraglaim, it's not immediately after that a woman wipes. It's you know a little bit a short while after to a few seconds after. And Mamela, the average case of Moshe says is not going to be an issue. It's only you know the example he gives is that there's a pot burning or the kids are screaming outside. And one of the one of the issues that woman you know woman uh, woman of very hard time with is they can't get like peace of mind from almost like sixty seconds to go to the bathroom. His kids knocking on the door and screaming. So if she's not in a rush and you know a kid fell or something like that and she's mamish running out and she wiped immediately after Tolis Meraglayim that and she finds something on that tissue that would potentially be an issue of uh, not a, of not a kesem that would potentially be hargish. But again, those are not a very common case. A third case is also after tashmish. This is also when it's found immediately after tashmish. If there's a kesem, if there's something found on the linen, it won't be an issue. Something found on the linen after it won't be an issue. It's found in, uh, if the man would be wipe himself and, and he would find something on on a tissue. That he had it would be much more of an issue, but if it's found in the linen or something like that, it wouldn't be an issue. It's not considered immediately after. It would also be immediately after, immediately after Tashmash. And that's why, if it happens that immediately after Tashmash they find something, they should call a rav and figure out is this considered, you know, Rasamach Tashmish? Is this considered to be immediately after Tashmish? Or is this not considered to be immediately after? And if it's not immediately after, then we'll have the din of a Kesem. And assuming that it's found in a tissue, which is not Makabotuma, as long as it's not a very large amount, then. You know, even if it's larger than the size of a gris, as long as it's not a very large amount that it leaves the world of a kesem and becomes a re'iya, then it will be, then it will be tahira. That's all lagabe, lagabe ksamim, and lagabe three, three exceptions to the world of ksamim when a kesem will actually be considered to be a re'iya. One more thing that's important to speak out, just when it comes to, the, to, the, to a woman becoming tamay, is if a woman says tamayani, a woman says, I am Tameh, she's believed, and she can't just say, no, I was joking. It's a, you know, I, I don't really mean it for real. I was just saying that. I just, you know, was saying that because I was upset at you. She doesn't have the ability to do that unless there's a real amasla, unless she has a real excuse. And you have to really talk to somebody. You have to talk to a rough to figure out what's called an amasla and what's not called an amasla. Simply saying she was joking, the shach says, is not a, is not a good enough, is not a good enough, uh, is not a good enough amasla. It's not a good enough excuse. And she has to be very, very careful just to not, not to throw out those words to me, So a woman 
says, I don't know. I don't know what my status is right now. I have to bring it to a Rav. I have to find out. I have to see what my status is. But it's not the kind of thing that a woman should be joking around with and, you know, and saying. And, and, and you know, I remember Berkowitz told us about a woman who, who wanted to make a surprise for her husband. So she told him that mikvah nights the night later than it actually was. That that could be a, a real potential issue. She's basically what she's saying is, I'm Tameani until Monday night. And really, she's only Tameani until Sunday night. It could be a real potential issue. And it's a very, very not a Pasha to Shaila. It's a very, very nice thing. She wanted to surprise her husband. Not a very nice thing to do because you could end up in real issues. And again, assuming she says she's Tameani, she's believed. And it doesn't make a difference whether there's blood or not. She's believed and she has to wait five and seven. She has to wait the whole Maracha, go to the mikvah. Everything needs to take place in order for her actually tar. And therefore, it's something that a woman should be careful not to ever say with certainty to me, she could say I'm not sure, but it's not the kind of thing she should joke about, not the kind of thing she should say with certainty unless she actually knows that she is certain that she's tummy. That's all Agabe, how a woman comes tummy. And again, this, the basic thing to remember is that there's two main ways that a woman comes tummy. One is called the Re'iya, and that's Tumah Midaraisa, that's with the Hergish, that's from the Makar. The second way is a Kesem. A Kesem is only Midarabanan. The Chilik between a Kesem and a Re'iya is a Kesem comes without a Hergish. But at a certain point, when a Kesem so large, it will be considered to be a Re'iya. And the four coolest that we said that you have like summon that you don't have a Re'iya is number one, it needs to be, a uh, Kesem needs to be found on Dav Makabal Tumah, needs to be found on something that's white, needs to be larger than the size of a Gris, and needs to be that there is no Tlia that we assume that this is actually down from the Makar and this is actually Dam Nida and it also obviously needs to be read or something that's a lad mimos in order to be tummy. That's all agave how a woman comes tummy. Any pressing questions? No, there's no there's no clear there's no clear cut shear, but you have to talk to Rafa. It depends how often the blood's coming, how how often she changed the pad, how much is on there. Some people say two fingers, some is three fingers, some say credit card, half a dollar bill. None of these are none of these are clear cut shear. It really depends. If it's a half a dollar bill, if it's less than a half a dollar bill, but it's coming out in twenty minutes, twenty minute intervals, and she's changing the pad every twenty minutes, that's a re'ia, which means you can't you can't run around the issue. You can't a woman can't say, listen, I'll change my pad every every ten minutes, and you know there's there's less on it than the size of a half a dollar bill or a credit card or three fingers, so I'm fine. It doesn't work like that. If that's a re'ia, ah, you change your pad, and on each pad is found less. Yeah, but you're having your period. It's just you're just changing the pad very often. So you have to really you know once it gets a large a large size, if it's you know if it's something which is not significant, so that's fine. But once it once it becomes a larger size, two fingers, three fingers, once it starts becoming, you know, something that doesn't just look like a stain, but it's something that's actually a potential re'ia, that's when you have to call Rav and just give him the details of how much, is, how much has been happening, how, how often has changed a pad, how much has he seen in each pad, and then the Rav will be able to, uh, be able to ascertain whether it's considered re'ia or a kesem. Anything else? Okay. Then that is all the gabi how a woman becomes tummy. So during the days during the days when a woman's tummy nida, we'll talk about our chakas. Then uh, next next week we'll talk about how a woman actually becomes tahira. So dur- during the days that a woman is tummy nida, it doesn't make a difference whether it's t- whether tummy came from a kesem, which is only tummy darbanan, or whether it came from a tummy midraisa reiya. As long as the woman is going to be tummy, she's going to be a, she she has to be she has all her chakas will apply, and she's totally she's totally tummy with all the halachas and all the chakas that take place. Therefore, a woman therefore midraisa. There, there's two, two, two categories of archakas. There are ones that are asumi de raisa, and ones that are additional ones that the Rabbanan added in. And she has to obviously stay away from both. There's no chilek for us between the raisa and the Rabbanan. She has to stay away from both of them. Both of them are going to be asr. Achakas de raisa are obviously tashmish, and hugging and kissing and any touching in a way which is intimate. That is asumi de raisa, same with other raisa. There's an iser even to be carved to, to, to arayas, the legalis erva. And therefore, those things which are intimate touching, 
you know, hugging, kissing, any intimate touching, or tashmish, are going to be asr made deraisa by anida. In addition, Chazal added on many, many things which are not asr by the average woman. Most of the chakas that we have, you can do to a, you can do to a random woman. If a person's single, he can do it to the girl that he's dating. If a person's, you know, married, he can do it to somebody else's wife. None of these things are real potential issues by the regular cases of arayas. However, Chazal added an extra chakas. Why they add an extra chakas? The Rishonim give two reasons. The Rosh, the Rajba, they give two basic reasons. First of all, since we're matter yichud by by ishtanida, therefore there's more of a potential issue that things can happen. By regular arayas, there's an isr yichud. Since there's an isr yichud, there's automatically a separation taking place between the, between the man and the woman. And therefore, we don't need all these extra layers of gedarim in order to make sure that nothing ends up happening. There's an isr yichud, and that will take care of most of the issues. In addition, since it's one's wife and it's libay gaspa, and a person's used to being together with, with one's wife, so mamela, there's more of a potential that one thing can lead to another, and it can go spiral, you know, very quickly downwards into something which is actually going to lead from, you know, something that looks very, very far away from the world of you know, the world of uh, the world of Tashmish, but it could lead much quicker than my regular woman. So in the grocery store and you hand something to a woman, we're not nervous that it's gonna to lead to anything. It's, there's no Liba Gazba, you're very, very far away. You're not, it's not something you're used to, that won't be an issue. Masha Enkin, by one's by Ishtenida, since it's Liba Gazba, since one is, is normal and used to being together with one's wife, so handing something could lead to touching, touching could lead to hugging, hugging, and Vechena Vechena could lead to many things. And again, you know, a lot of times when, when learning with a chasan, these things sound like, it's ridiculous, like it's so far off, like, but when a person gets married and a person understands it, yeah, you know, you're alone together by a separate table and you're eating from each other's plate, things can lead to each other and, and obviously these are things which, can, which a person has to be marchik with all, you know, with all, uh, with all the chak as possible to make sure that nothing, you know, nothing, nothing ends up happening and therefore a person has to stay away from all the chakas, bein de raisa, bein de rabbanon, and obviously, again, it's not a shalom bayishmuz, but obviously these are days when a person doesn't have the ability to be, uh, has, to call, call, has to have these chakas, obviously there's are days which a person has the ability to really strengthen their relationship in a way which is not physical, the way which you need to have communication, you need to talk things out, you can't hug it out, you can't just say, okay, listen, you know, we'll be physical and everything will be okay. There needs to be a certain amount, a certain amount of communication that needs to take place, and that communication is obviously a very, very healthy part of marriage, the communication that takes place. And that's uh, obviously, those are, that's our to the basic Indian of our chakas. So that's Let's talk about the Pratim of the Archakas. We'll try to go through them. There's a lot of them. We'll try to go through them fairly quickly. And uh, the kits and those, that, that, you know, with the, with the scenarios that are most Nagel Lamaisa, we'll try to talk about. So the first thing, the first Archaka, and probably the most, not probably, but definitely the most undefined of them, the one that's undefined of Achlal, it's called Tzchayk V'Kalas Reish. Tzchayk V'Kalas Reish means doing things, which, again, literally means laughter and Kalas Reish, is lightheadedness, but it means doing things which will, which will lead to a, level, to a level of intimacy. And every couple has to figure out for themselves what, that, what those words are, what those actions are, what the games are, what the things they play, the things they say, the things that they do that will lead to, that will lead to intimacy. And it's, there's no, again, there's no clear-cut rules because every couple is different. I remember like in Eretz Yisrael, you know, one of the common examples they give in Eretz Yisrael is to say the words, I love you, right? In Eretz Yisrael, like you said, those are like a very, in America, people say it like, you know, it's, hi, how are you? I love you. You know, people sometimes on the phone, they don't ever realize they're on the phone with other people and they're saying the same words. They say it to their wife because it has no meaning. So you hang up with your friend, I'm mistake, you say I love you because you hang up with your wife and you say the same thing. It doesn't have real meaning. It doesn't have real toichen. Obviously, there's no issue to say something like that during the days of Nida because if it doesn't have real meaning, it won't be an issue. It's only when saying something which, you know, can lead to intimacy, saying something which is intimate, saying something which you know that during Yemei Tahara will lead to something more than that, that will be an issue. And same thing with playing games, same thing with doing things. It's the kind of things that will lead to a real issue. Is that will be an issue. Giving presents is not an issue. Fakir, maybe it's a good time to give presents. Not an issue, but giving something which is an intimate present, something that's, you know, can, can lead to intimacy, that would be an issue. But presents are fine, compliments are fine, 
And again, more necessary during Gemedida. None of those are an issue. That's all fine. Going for walks together, spending time together, all of those are not just mutter, but those are things which should be encouraged as long as it's not the kind of things which can lead to intimacy. The Pesach Chuvas as well brings down that smelling perfume while it's honor is problematic. So a woman has to be careful during Gemedida. She doesn't put on a, a, you know, a strong enough amount of, amount of perfume that somebody standing next to her will be able to smell it. Maybe it's an issue throughout the year, maybe even with other people, whatever, we're not discussing regular halchasnias, but definitely, definitely when it comes to uh, you may, you may need a, but the husband will be an issue. Smelling it in the bottle won't be an issue. If they're going shopping for perfume, it's not an issue for him to smell, you know, perfume is what he likes, and in the, in the closet, none of those are an issue. It's just, uh, just smell the perfume that it's on her. Um, in, ad- in addition, that's all agave, that's all agave, in addition, obviously, in the Gia and that's the Issa de Reis, is in the Gia Derech Chiba, that's going to be an Issa de Reis, and Issa de Rabbanon is even Shalaiba Derech Chiba. Any touching, which would be even Shalaiba Derech Chiba, will be Aser by, is, by Ishte Nida. Not only can you not touch her, but you can't touch any clothing that's on her, which means if she's wearing a shirt and you touch this part of the shirt, I'm not touching her, I'm just touching the shirt, that's also Aser. And in addition, wearing gloves and touching her also doesn't help, even though it's touching through a cloth. It doesn't make a difference. It will also be usher, and that will be an issue. What happens, you know, commonly, this happens, you know, very, very commonly, I think the example I gave us here is by family pictures will happen. You take a family picture and the wife's Anita. It's by Hassan and the wife's Anita. It's probably most happens most by Hassan. She's wearing a puffy gown. So if her, his clothing is touching her clothing, which means not him touching her clothing, but if, let's say, he's wearing... So as soon as Chesisha guy is wearing a bekasha by the you know by the chasana, so it's spread out a little bit more, and she's wearing a gown, and the, his bekasha touches the gown, that will not be an issue. But makom again, it's something that it's also try to stay away from. Sometimes it happens sitting together in the back seat of a car that one clothing will touch another clothing. Wearing a coat, so my coat will touch her coat. That's not an issue. But makom when when necessary, that won't be an issue. However, him touching her clothing, him touching the gown, that will obviously be an issue. Even the puffy part of the gown, that will obviously be an issue. It's just. You know, but for example, a picture sitting on a bus together, clothing, touching clothing, that will not be an issue. That's all called Nagia. And again, Derechiba is Asr Deraisa. Shalaybi Derechiba is Asr Dirabanan. Nagia, then there's another type of Nagia, which is called Nagia Al Yidei Davarachar. Nagia Al Yidei Davarachar. Let's talk about Ashata first, and then we'll talk about Nagia Davarachar, because they're really, they're, they're really, they're, they're very similar. Ashata means that I pass something. To, I pass something directly to my wife. When, when one's wife is Nida, person passes something directly, that's called Aishata. And Chazal answered that as well. Atu, atu if I pass something, even though there's a distance between, even though I'm passing a box, and I'm touching one side of the box, she's touching the other side of the box, and even if it's something which is long, and I can't even actually reach her, I'm passing a broom to the other side, nevertheless, Chazal Asr, passing things from one to the other, why? Because of, I shot up, because of, it's going to come to Nagia, because they may end up touching. The Ramah says included in that is throwing things, Zrika will also be Asr, throwing things from one to the other, will also be Asr, the Piskechuvas brings down that there is a way to get around that, throwing up, not throwing directly, that would be fine. There are Paisen that say that if you throw something in a very far distance, that it's, that's not included. But again, uh, you know, I remember Berkowitz said that these are the kind of things that eventually lead to Shaykh with Kalas Reish. These are the kind of things that just become a joke and they make, a whole, they make the whole thing into a joke. Versus throwing up and she's trying to catch it. You know, shouldn't do Zrika, shouldn't do Eishata, and obviously not Nagia. Those are all, all, all Agabe passing. When it comes to, and probably a very common example is passing a baby. A person has a baby, a small little baby, and a person wants to pass the baby. The baby's crying and Probably the father wants to hand it to the mother. Maybe sometimes mother tries to hand it to the father. But the father wants to hand it to the mother and to, you know, to, to take care of the baby. The baby's a dirty diaper and you want the mother to change the diaper. So you're handing the baby over and the wife's a needle. So what do you do? So there, the, the place can say that when a baby, when, the place can say that there are two a terim 
and there's a chiluk between them, two eterim when it comes to a baby. Either the heter of a baby is that if the baby's reaching out and the baby's reaching to the other person, the baby's reaching to the mother or the father, then it would be mutter. That's not considered a typical case of a shata because it's not an object, but the baby's leaning over. The other, the other heter and the other, the other siba that the pais can bring to be makeable by a baby is that since it's chay noises atzmai, it's not considered to be that you're actually passing an inanimate object. It's an animate object. It's chay noises atzmai, and therefore it doesn't, it's carrying itself. You're not pasha passing something over, and therefore there's a cool. The nafka community between these two reasons is, for example, the baby doesn't want to go, right? The, you know, here, the, here's the case of the mother trying to end it to the father. The baby wants to stay with the mother. It doesn't want to go to the father, and the baby's, you know, turning around, or the baby's sleeping. So you don't have the fact that the baby's leaning out, but you still have the hatar of chay noises atzmai. And again, you know, there's different ways of learning. Uh, Burkhardt says, make already, but chay noises atzmai. You already be make that even if the baby's not leaning out, even if the baby's not trying, even if the baby's sleeping, we'll already have a din of chay noises atzmai. He said that the din of chay noises atzmai only kicks in once the baby's able to turn over. That's when it, turn, that's when it gets a din of chay noises atzmai. Shechidosh, maybe it should happen right away. But he says, once the baby's able to turn over on their own, I don't know exactly, I don't remember how many months that happens at. Whenever that happens, that's considered to be chay noises atzmai. You can pass it even if the baby's sleeping, even if the baby doesn't want to go, you can still pass it. Other places can learn that no, only once the baby's leaning over. Then it would be mutter, but either way, that's considered, that's lagabe, passing a baby. Then there's something which is called, then there's something which is called, um, and that's why I'm done, I'm sorry, that, that's far, that's far, yeah, that's far as born on the Tashbats, the Pesach Shuvah brings from the Tashbats, the fact that it's a, it's a chay noises atzmai. So it's definitely yesham al-ismaich, and definitely a strong yesham al-ismaich for the svar of chay noises atzmai, as opposed to the fact that it's leaning out. Then there's another example, which is not nagia. It's not nagia, it's not touching, and it's not either a shut that's not passing. That's called nagia al-yidei davarachah, which means if I pass a box to somebody else, that's called nagia. There's two active participants, I'm passing something to somebody else. If I touch something, somebody with something else, or I put something down on somebody's lap, or I put some, or I put, or somebody's holding something and I take a tissue out of the box, so I may be touching the same item that they're touching, but that's nagia al-yidei davarachah. So again, it's not a shut, I'm not passing something from one to the other, but that's called nagia al-yidei davarachah. Nagia al-yidei davarachah when done derechiba, is obviously usher, so which means you know, a guy wants to take this and start you know, uh, you know, touching his wife with it, that's obviously usher, that's derechiba, that's not a heter bechlal, that's derechiba, it's usher. However, negia al yidei davar acher, shaloi b'derechiba will be mutter b'makam tzerech. And this is a more common case than, than, than you think. For example, you know, the baby, the baby's, uh, she's holding the baby and she's holding you know, a bunch of things and she wants the husband to put a hat onto the baby's head. So that's called Nagia. She's holding something and he's going to be touching the thing that she's holding. She's going to put the hat on the baby's head or she wants to feed the baby a bottle or give the baby medicine while she's holding. She's holding the baby down. The baby's crying. It doesn't want to take the medicine. She's holding the baby and he's going to give the baby medicine. That's called Nagia al Yudei Devarachar. He's not handing the baby. He's, he's, ha- he's touching the baby that's touching her. Or for example, he doesn't hand the baby directly to her, he puts the baby down on her lap, or she's laying down, she's sleeping and he wants to put the baby down, he has to leave, he has to go out, so he puts the baby directly on her. It's not, it's not haishato, he's not passing it to her, she's not an active participant that you can say, maybe it's going to lead to negia. that's called negia al-edeh and when it's shloibe it will be mutter. Another common example is Friday night, you know, they want to be careful about, you know, obviously tonight, chazara, they're taking the chalant off and they're holding the pot of chalant, but it's just the two of them at home and somebody has to get the chalant out of the pot, and he's holding it with two hands and she has to get it out, that's also called negia al-edeh he's going to be holding the pot, she's going to be taking it out, so they're both touching the same object. That's called the gea the davracher, and that case is a case which is shaloi. That, that case is a case of shaloi b'derachiba and b'makom tzerech. That's only two of them home. It would be mutter. I mean, the case Rabbi Berkowitz said. I probably said this case last year also. If you know they're sitting, they're sitting, uh, they're sitting together, and he's snoring, right? I think it's more common case. And she's snoring. He's snoring. She can she can hit him with a book, right? That's not called Nagiel. The Devarach is not handing or anything. She had to wake him up to make sure he stops snoring. It's definitely not b'derachiba, and that would be that would also be mutter. That's called Nagia Shaloi al yitid Um 
Other, other scenarios, she's holding open a garbage bag and is pouring things in. Those are all very common scenarios of negia shaloi alidei davaracher. And those would be cases that it would be mutter. Again, putting the baby down, similar things like that. Also, Ramosha brings down, or Ida very famously brings down from Ramosha, that if they need to move something together, and there's, no, and there's nobody else around, they can move something together, you know, a heavy piece of furniture, they want to pick up the stroller, you know, up, up a flight of steps, and you saw they're trying to get up a few flights of steps, there's nobody else around, that would also be mutter b'alakam tzarech, to do something which is, which is, uh, which they have to do together, it's nagiyah d'adrach, but it's tzalebi d'arach hibah, it's makam tzarech, that would also be, that would also be mutter. Another very common example which comes up by by uh, which comes up, which you know, there's a potential of is when they ask a couple to be kvater, and the woman's in need. So here, obviously, hashata handing the baby from the wife to the husband is going to be an issue. That's real hashata. That's an issue. However, the chida brings down that what you could do is you have two pillows, and then you have on the bottom pillow is he's holding the bottom pillow, she's holding the top. She takes the top pillow off of him. So that's negiel de She's not. She, he's not handing the pillow. She's taking the top pillow off the bottom pillow, and in that case, there would be mutter again. The arpaisim don't like that eitz either, and they say just tell the tell you know tell them he can't do it. Or put the baby down. I remember Berkowitz said that all the schoolers come, even if they don't hand the baby directly, even if there's a table in between, all the schoolers come is not an issue. You just have to be careful because if it's kind of thing which can become very obvious that she's in need of, if you do it in a way which is obvious, it's not, it's not a, it's not a sneers thing to do and it's definitely not a geschmacker thing to do either. And it's something that obviously the couple should be conscious of that, you know, it's, it's, schoolers are nice, but a person has to also be careful about halacha. If it's going to come with the which is the Isr Darabanan of Hachakas during, during Yemei Nida, it's obviously not, a, not, a, not something which they want, and therefore you can either do a double pillow Eitzah or put it down and spy the best Eitzah and have him pick him up, or even, even better Eitzah is just to refuse the Kvater and say, it doesn't work for us, thank you so much, we appreciate it, but it doesn't work for us. Now that's all Agabe, Hashata, Zrika, and Negia. Derechiba and Shalebi Derechiba. Then there's also the Isser of Estakla. So unlike by a typical Arayas, it is Mutter, Estakla is Mutter to, you know, by, by a regular, by a regular Arayas, Re'iyah's Mutter, Estakla is us. So Estakla means that I'm looking, I'm gazing. I'm gazing with his blindness. I'm actually conscious of what I'm doing. So, you know, if I'm looking at the cashier as I'm, as I'm checking out, that's Re'iyah, that's not Estakla. And assuming that she's dressed Senua, assuming that I'm looking at covered part, that parts of the body which don't need to be covered, hands, eyes, you know, hands, face, things like that, that's not an issue. Mashenken Estakla would be an issue even if it's a part of a body which is not normally covered. When it comes to one's wife, even a stockless be made nida on parts of the body that are normally covered are mutter, and that's us, and that's mutter. However, parts of the body that are normally covered, parts of the body that should be covered, that will be usser, whether re'ia or that will be usser, his stockless, right? Not re'ia, that'll be usser, his stockless, not re'ia. That will be, that will be usser during be made Ramesha is a very famous chuva. Ramesha writes that if the woman commonly walks around the house with her hair uncovered, so that's something which will not, which will not, will not be an issue for her to walk around when she's in nida, and that's, uh, you know, for example, things like, but, but it has to be, again, she can't walk around in things that are the not tenure just because she walks around the, that way during Yemei Tahara, but if it's something like her here uncovered, you know, not wearing socks or wearing tights, you know, short sleeves, not, a, not sleeveless, but short sleeves, something like that, those are, you know, very, very few examples, but examples of where a woman's allowed to walk around that way during Yemei because it's not something that will be more taiva, it's not something which is a real issue, and that would, uh, that would be, uh, that would be fine, but anything beyond that, obviously it would be an issue, and that would be an issue of his stockless. So again, you would be fine, the stockless would be usher. Just, just the leggings. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, that, that, that's 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 not so much. She wears skirt on top, but uh, she can get into bed and she can you know, take the skirt off. She don't walk around and just and just. Uh, it's 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 it's, uh, it's something which I, I think is more the type, and it's not a, it's not a. It shows. Yeah, it's like Palestrace. It's the yeah. What's called the fucking shirt? We got about what? Nigel did the Taking Shalom down Friday night.
I'm saying, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it's not a real, we're not talking about a, it's not talking about a shasat it's not a shasat it's just a terror, which means it's something, it's not, it's not with their and it's not, there's a necessity for it, you're not stop doing it because it's more gishmak, you know, it's more gishmak, which means, more gishmak, yeah, which means if, it, she doesn't have to hold up in the bag of garbage, and then, but it's a muck of terror, she has to hold up in the bag of garbage, she has to get everything in, she's supposed to do it by herself, she could, you know, push it, but that's fine, that's Nagiya, Shalev, the Racha, that's called a muck of terror, it doesn't have to be a real, real terror. Yeah, 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 Again. I, uh, what's an example? Okay. So she could do it by herself. It's best for her to do it by herself. If it's if it's hard for her to do, and there's nobody else around. Fine. So if it's a tzarich and there's nobody else around, then it's mutter. That's all. Huh? Examples of I did tzarich after I did the rafter. When he's holding something, she's holding something, and those things are touching. That's also considered negiyah the rafter. Or he has to be touching something that she's holding, like a shalom pot. He's holding the ladle. She's holding the pot. They're not touching. The same, both. It would be the same thing. So for example, the case of the book, let's say, would be... Would be they're both touching the same thing. Well, the case of the book would be the same thing. When he hits her with the book, right? So he's, t- he's turning the book that's touching her. Mm-hmm. So anyway, putting a hand on a baby or taking chalent, they're not even touching the same thing at all. He's, if he touches the baby. He's touching the hand, she's touching the baby. No, uh, fine. So I'll give you a different example. He gives the baby medicine, right? So he's touching the baby. Well, he's touching the chalm pot also, right? No. He's going to hit the chalm pot when he's taking it out. Okay, let's still, let's, um, he's still touching the chalm pot that she's touching. He's putting the ladle into the pot. That's the same. Yeah. Again, it's mutter makam tzarech, but they're also going to yield the bracher. Then comes the gabi achila, right? So there are, there, there are a few, a few, you know, a few halachas which are going to get to achila. The first one is achila to eat together on one table. This is similar to a halacha that we have in your day of You can't have somebody eating bus or somebody in chalav that are makar each other, that recognize each other, they can't eat on the same table. There needs to be a hakka between them, same thing a husband and a wife. They can't eat a meal on a table together. A snack would be mutter, a kofi would be mutter, but a kvias of a suda would be usher to eat on the same table together when she is in nida. Now, if there's others at the table, even if it's a child, as long as the child's from three and up, which will take away the intimacy, you can have a baby in a high chair, but as long as it's from three and up, it'll take away the intimacy, that will be mutter, any, any, any guest, any, any other people that will be there. They'll also be mutter just when the two of them are eating, but that's lagabi like eating on the same table, which means you go to a restaurant and you and your wife eating on the same table, there's 50 other people in the restaurant, it doesn't make a difference. It has to be that the other people are on the same table as you're on in order not to need a hacker. Other than that, they would need a hacker. So what's the eitza? So either you can eat on different tables, not very good for Shalom Bias, or you can, or you can have to, or you have to create a hacker between. A hacker could either be a placemat, as long as they don't normally use placemats during Yemei Tahara, which means if they always use placemats in the house. People have akbada, they don't like putting half food on a table, I think someone wounds a table or something, so they always put things on a placemat, and they have coasters. If you always use placemats, then it doesn't make a difference, because there's no hacker of a chlal. It needs to be something which is different than they normally do, so it's either a placemat, or if they put something in between them, what could they put in between them? It either, either has to be something which, so a phone is not such a great ASIC, it's very flat. So it has to be something which has a little bit of height. If you have a flip phone, it's probably better than a smartphone. But it has to be something which has a little bit of height. Or it, and it, it, has, it either has to be something which they're not using during that suda, but is commonly on the table, which means they can have a salt shaker, but they're not using the salt shaker. And it's commonly on the table. That, that, that can be in between them. That will act as hacker. Or it's something which is not commonly on the table and they are using during that suda. For example, it's during the week and they're using their Shabbos salt shaker. So even though they're both going to use the salt shaker, but since it's not something commonly on the table, that will remind them of that they shouldn't, they shouldn't end up taking from each other's plate, which is an act of intimacy. And that will stop them from doing it. The, the hacker doesn't have to be placed directly in front of them. If they have a vase, 
They don't have to sit like this with the vase in between them. They can't see each other. The, the hacker just has to be within close proximity that it will remind them, which means if the hacker is on this, the other side of the table, that doesn't help a klal because it, it needs to, it's a hacker. The point is supposed to be supposed to see it and remind yourself that, wait, the, she's a nida and I don't have the ability to take from her plate. She can't take from mine. There has to be a separation. So it doesn't have to be, you know, smack in between them, but it has to be something which, you know, is a hacker. And like I said, it has to have a little bit of height. It can't be, you can't put a piece of paper on the table and that's the hacker. It has to be something which has height. Otherwise, you're not going to be maker. That is something different. If the couple has assigned seats, I don't know if there's a normal thing. People have assigned seats. I don't know if my ass I never had. But if a couple has really assigned seats, and you know, during the week, you know, he sits in her seat. So then, if they would switch seats, it also, it's also a hacker, and that would also be another, another example of it. Would be to eat in the same table. Only if they don't normally use placemats. No, so that then it's considered to be eating on a different table. That would be the hat of eating on a different table. That's like eating on a different table. Basav Chalv also is eating on a different table. Also, for example, on the airplanes. The airplanes also eating on a different table. You eat, eat both eating on the plane. There's not a lot of space in between in between the two tables. And why? It's a separate table. That would also be mutter. That's considered two separate tables. You don't need a hacker in between. I don't think you could fit a hacker in between. But you don't need a hacker in between because that's two separate tables. Fine. Let's just. Uh, I'm just. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Can you rely on something like a restaurant as a hacker? Like they have a lamp on, they have a so if it's something, I don't know if candles are a good example because candles are something which is commonly at the table. I, you don't use it, but it's not something that would act as a hacker. But, huh? Restaurant's a public place. No, a public place doesn't help if it's just you and your wife sitting on a table. It only, a pu, a pu, the pu, other people around only helps when other people sitting on the same table as you. Right, it's a classic example. I'm sitting at a, I'm sitting at a restaurant that needs to be a hacker in between. Something that the restaurant no, so I, I don't I don't think so. A lamp is there. A lamp, so, uh, I never have it at my table. In a, in a restaurant, you do. <laughs> it's not a hacker. The whole thing's hacker. Yeah, put a, put a lot of keys or something like that. Depends how big of a gaba you are. But why you don't think a key's there and that would act as a, that would act as a hacker. Fine. That's all. That's all I got to be eating on the same table. Then, then there's eating from the same plate, which is also an issue, which means aside from eating, aside from eating on the same table, let's say they're eating a snack, which is not even eating the same plate, or let's say they figured out there's a hacker in between them, there's still an issue of eating from the same plate, because eating from the same plate is something which is an act of intimacy, and it doesn't make a difference, even if this is a type of food that you would eat with strangers. Some people would take popcorn, you know, with strangers, it doesn't make a difference. Eating from the same plate is itself an act of intimacy, and it will be usher. That's even if they're eating different food from the same plate, eating from the same plate is usher, but that's only when it's a plate which is not a, which is not a, which is, which is used when they're eating directly from the plate, which means you put a serving a serving piece down on the plate and the food is not eaten directly from the plate. So popcorn is a great example of something that you take two pieces of popcorn, you put it directly in your mouth. That's a case we can't share. Chips are something that you're sharing. You take uh, you know, hot poppers and you put them directly in your mouth, that would be an issue. However, as soon as it's something which is not put directly from the serving plate into, into, into one's mouth, that won't be an issue. So for example, you take a handful of popcorn and you're eating from your hand, that's not an issue. You take a handful of gari nim and you're eating from the gari nim, that's not a gari nim anyways wouldn't be an issue because you have to, you have to peel it first. Anything that needs to be peeled, anything that, anything that there's a gap in between the taking and the eating already takes away from the act of intimacy. So if it goes on a plate or you take a bunch of it or something like that, that would not be an issue and that would be, that would be a, uh, that would be mutter. For example, you know, uh, I'm just looking at the example I have written over here. They both want to stick, you know, stick uh, spoons into marshmallow fluff and eat directly from the spoon. That's an issue. That's a very unhealthy thing to do, but that's an issue as well. You shouldn't be sticking spoons in because you're taking from the spoon directly from the thing into your mouth. That would be an issue. However, if you took a whole glob out and put it on a plate and then took it, that would obviously be mutter. Um, uh, you know, another example I have over here, taking, taking herring, right? The husband and wife are eating herring together by Kiddush Shabbos Day, and just, you know, they take it out and put it onto a cracker. That's also, there's a separation. It's not taking the herring and eating directly, but let's say a cracker to eat it directly, that would be an issue. Um, 
If only one of them is eating from the bag directly, which means they're going on a road trip and they have a big bag of popcorn between them. The wife wants to eat, she's driving, so it's harder for her to take you know, out. She wants to eat directly from the bag, and he's going to take a pile out and put it on his, on his lap. That would be fine. It's only when the two of them are eating directly from the bag that it would be an issue. So again, those are the basic, you know, the basic ways that you can get around this issue. Take a, handful, take a handful out, make sure that only one of them is eating directly from the bag, or, you know, or, or uh, yeah, or, or, uh, yeah, or if it's something that you're putting on a plate first, something that there's any separation in between the taking and the eating, that would also be mutter. The other issue that comes up with eating is also eating leftovers. This is one of the few examples that only applies one way. Most archakas apply husband to wife, wife to husband, there's no chilak. This is one of the few examples that only apply from the husband from the husband eating his wife's leftovers and not the wife eating her, eating her leftovers. Obviously, this is not talking about a communal plate, which means if it's a big plate in the middle and she took from it, that the whole plate doesn't, doesn't get a dinner for her leftovers. It means on her plate becomes leftovers. This is a very common scenario. The wife finished his whole plate. He's still hungry. She finished half her plate. She's already full. So he wants to eat her leftovers, right? Because he's still hungry. She's already full. So she wants to give her leftovers. That would be usher. However, she, there, are, there are a few there are a few ways to get around it. If she left the room, she's no longer in the room, then it would be mutter. If it's not in front of her, it would be mutter. Somebody else eats from the leftovers in between, whether it's kids, whether it's other people, anybody else eats from the leftovers in between, that's another way. That's another case where it's mutter. If he moves the food from her plate to his plate, assuming that it's food that needs to be on a plate, which means you take a cracker from her plate to his plate, that doesn't help. That's not considered that you, that you made any shinoi. But if you take, let's say, fire poppers and you moved it from her plate to his plate, so that already gets a shinoi and that already changes from being her leftovers to his, and even if she's still there in the room, that would be mutter to do it. The one example Ramosha talks about is if it's something that even if you moved it to a different plate, it's so obvious that it serves. You have a piece of schnitzel that has bite marks in it. So nobody would eat a piece of schnitzel with bite marks in it unless it's a husband to a wife or parents to kids. That Ramosha says, even if it's something like a piece of schnitzel, which maybe you need a plate and you moved it to your own plate, that wouldn't be mutter. You'd have to cut off the piece, cut off that part, move it to your own plate, and then it would be, then it would be mutter. So again, if she's out of the room, or somebody else ate in between, or he moves the food to his plate, and it's the type of food that needs a plate, or a drink that needs a plate, that would be mutter. Similarly, if the husband doesn't know that it's the wife's leftovers, his wife doesn't have to tell her, hey, that's mine, I ate from it, not a problem. The whole intimacy only takes place when, she, when he knows that it's her leftovers. If he doesn't know information, there's no need for the information to be, uh, to be set over, and she can eat the, uh, she can eat, he can eat the food without knowing anything. Similarly, if she doesn't touch a specific food, if let's say there's a plate, she, there's rice and chicken, she only eats the chicken, and she doesn't touch the rice, bachlal, that's fine, he can eat the rice, that's not considered we shouldn't have touched the rice. It's just the food that shouldn't touch. That would also be fine. If she drank a half a cup of a half a cup of beer, she drank a half a cup of water, she drank a half a cup of something, he obviously can't drink it. That's leftovers. Filling it up the rest of the way won't either help. It doesn't it doesn't help that he filled it up. But however, the place can bring down. I think it's a shach brings brings down. He doesn't have to wash out the cup. It's not that, you know, it's not yay nesach that every drop of it inside will ask for the whole thing. He doesn't have to wash out the cup to make sure there's nothing in there. But if there's something left in, he can't just refill the cup and it will be matarit. But only is one the cup once the cup's empty, that it will be. Mutter. If she's out, if she's out of the room, she's out of the room, or he doesn't know, or it's a, huh? Yeah, totally. I, I, it's not a shalbai shmuz, but yeah. yeah, I don't think it's the proper thing to do to tell your wife. Yeah, that's fine. I, I I wouldn't tell my wife. You leave the room, said I can eat crackers. It's not a very nice thing to do. But again, that's huh? You take the food out of the room. Yeah, take the food out of the room. I don't know if that's either. I'm, I'm leaving because I need to eat crackers. Want to be with you again? Is there, you have to ask Yishon Bayes, Rav, you know, what the proper, uh, the proper things to do. Also, another, another halacha, I'm going to try to move quickly. Another halacha that it comes to Lagabe food is preparing food, preparing each other's food. So, which means making, making a plate of food and putting it out on a, piece, on a plate and serving it in front of them, that's an act of intimacy. Serving somebody a prepared plate of food, food is an act of intimacy. Similarly, if the, he has an empty plate by, her, by, her, by, his, by his 
spot. So not that she fills it up in the kitchen and brings it out to him with a fully made plate already, but he has an empty plate and she goes around the table and she takes a little from each dish and puts it on the plate. That would also be usher. Both of those cases is preparing and, and serving food and that would be usher. However, if the food is not fully made, which means, for example, you know, I think the example that you know, uh, I've written over here is, you know, is this coffee, he, he, he likes drinking coffee with sugar and milk, and she gives him a coffee without sugar and milk, that's not considered preparing the food because it's not fully prepared. If he likes his schnitzel you know, you know, with ketchup in it and she doesn't, anything that's you know, already chaser in the preparation, in the chana, that something else needs to be done, that's not intimate. The whole intimacy is the fact that everything's prepared. Here it's set before you, I'm giving you a shulchan arach, everything's right before you, the way it needs to be. As soon as it's not fully prepared, that will also, that will be one hetter. The other hetter is if he doesn't, if she doesn't, or he doesn't put the plate directly in front of the person, which means not, not that you put it right next to them and they can still eat from it, but they have to bring the plate over. So that, that already takes away from the whole intimacy. You put the plate on the other side of the table and you just put it right down in front of me. That takes away from the intimacy. You don't put it down directly in front. It will also be mutter. Another example the place can bring down is if she's holding it in a way of shinoi. I don't know exactly how to be magda this. Place some safe. You bring it in with the left hand. I don't think any of us would notice if our wife handed our plate with the right hand or left hand. It has to be that it's something that's a noticeable shinoi, something that takes away from the intimacy because she's doing it in a way which is odd. That would also be. Another, another hatter. So that's all I got to be preparing the food. And that's, uh, that's preparing for food for each other. That's the halachas of, uh, of prep, preparation food. Again, it's preparing a full plate of food, not putting out buffet or not putting out, you know, communal plates, but preparing a whole plate of food, putting it down directly in front of him. That's an act of intimacy that would be awesome. Some of the way they're like, they're in the house. Is there a problem to serve his wife to serve him? So again, if, if, if she's putting, if she fills up a plate and putting a plate directly in front of him, that would be an issue. She just put it down, not directly in front of him. They won't, nobody else will notice. And you know what I mean? And she'll, uh, and, and he can pull the plate. The, uh, the, uh, the, other, the other thing which comes up with Namash food, what with drinks, is being her alcohol, sending her alcohol. Paisim say wine, but the Paisim say this includes other alcohol, other alcohol as well, sending over a drink. So which means even though normally by this halacha, it's only when you're putting it down directly in front, alcohol is an added chumrah, that even if you do it through a shliach, it will also be us, which means, uh, this is the example we said last year, the bar is for some reason most commonly on the men's side and they don't have a bar on the woman's side. A guy knows that his wife likes a certain martini, so he tells his brother-in-law, here, take this drink and you know, bring, it over, bring it over to my wife. That's usr, when, even if you're doing it through a shliach, since it's an act of intimacy, preparing a cup of wine or alcohol and sending it over, that would be an issue even if it's done through a shliach. And again, this is another halacha which only applies him to her and not her to him. Right, so it only applies to husband sending to the wife, not the wife sending to her husband. Now, the issue which comes up most commonly is not by weddings, by bars, but it comes up most commonly Friday night by Kiddush. The husband makes Kiddush. He now drank. Now he wants to send her wine. That's what you do by Kiddush, and this includes grape juice as well. He wants to send her wine or grape juice. He wants to send it for her. How does he send it for her? Even if he tells somebody by the table to pass it down to my wife, that's already going to be Shalech. He's being Shalech or a kite. So there are some Paiskim. I saw this you know, for the first time this year that our Paiskim would say that, it's not, that, that the amount of wine that's, that's in a Kiddush cup is not considered to be significant enough that's considered to be this halach. And it's totally mutter. That's not that. That's not the common psak bechlal. We held that it would be an issue. There's no size. It's also size. It's mutter. We held that shleich anyone. So what do you do? So either, either what you can do is send the whole tray of cups down. If there's other people by the table, send the whole tray of cups. And the, you're not sending a specific cup for your wife. You're sending six cups that already takes away from the intimacy. One of the cups will end up by your wife. You know that. We're not sending a specific cup. And even though you're sending it that your wife should get first, but there's no specific cup that you're sending. You're not saying take this cup and send it over. That's one way to be mutter. The other way is that he can put the wine down again, not directly in front of her, because that would be back to the other. Halacha, or putting something directly in front of him, he can put it down in front of him. He drinks from it, puts it down in front of him. She's allowed to drink his leftovers. We said that's one of the exceptions. She can then take the cup from his plate and she can drink the leftovers. And that also would not be would not be an issue. That's another way to get around the uh, the potential kiddush problem. Again, that's the halacha of sending uh, sending sending um, cups of wine. Sending a bottle of wine would be mutter. I don't know if it's a very common case that you send your wife a bottle of wine. Sending a bottle of wine would be mutter. It's just a cup of wine. Something is prepared. That is the act of intimacy. Again, back to, that's, uh, that's basically finishing the halachas of achila and shtia. 
Then just the last two or three halachas are lagabe. Yeah, it's fine. She's allowed to drink your leftovers. You just you can't put it down directly in front of her. No. I'm not, I'm not, it's the act of sending. That's the thing. She can take your wine. There's a baby in between. You can put it down in front of your baby, and she'll take it from her. And your baby's gonna take it? No, just you don't want her to have to come to your seat. She's two seats away from you until you put it. Yeah, down. put it down in front of the baby. As long as it's not directly in front of her, that's fine. Yeah, as long as it's not directly in front of her, that'll be fine. She can drink your leftovers. Then the next, then yeah, yeah. No, but he's, he's saying that he's putting it down. She's not sending it to her through the baby. He's putting it down and then she comes and takes it. Why is wine complicated? Just do the same thing with everything. You just put it next to her, not in front of her. No, so uh, again, he's putting it down. You're putting it, what was the case? You're putting it down? You're standing by Kiddush and your wife's two seats away from you. Have you been in between? No, so that's ready. No, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I thought you meant putting it down right in front of you. Putting it down in front of you is not shalech. I, I, I drink my Kiddush cup and then I put it down. And then she could do whatever she wants. She could come ahead and take my Kiddush cup from my seat. No, I can't, I can't move it closer to that's already being shalech already. That's Fine, but no, again, there's a different halacha. It's not the regular halacha food. Fine, you don't need to send directly. It's called shlichas. He's sending, he's sending something. The, the place can don't say that that's a hetter if you don't do it directly to her. It's called shlichas. It's still called shlichas. It's still, the, the whole, the whole mailer, the whole of shlichas is that it's automatically intimate by the fact that it's that you're being shalach something. So that's that's a cool that we find by putting food down. We don't find it by by, by shalach or kais. I don't find that the person don't say that. Oh, so very good. So I, I should speak that out. If somebody, if you're by somebody else and somebody else makes kiddush and they're sending a cup through you to your wife, that's not an issue. They're the one sending the cup to your wife, right? The guy who's making the kiddush, your father-in-law, your father, or somebody else is sending the cup. You're not doing it. You're just passing it along from somebody else. That is not an issue. I should have spoken it up. That's not an issue. You still can put it in front of her. Again, you still can put it in front of her. That's a separate halacha. That would be an issue. Okay, let's, uh, I'm just going to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk after. We're running, running pretty late. We're going to talk after. And, uh, I just want to finish up the halacha. Obviously, and obviously touching is also the halacha, maybe you should have spoken out on that part, is sleeping in the same bed. That will be an issue, even if they're both clothed, even if it's separate blankets. Sleeping in the same bed is an issue, and therefore they have to sleep in separate beds. And there should also be a space in between the bed. How big is the space? The person discuss different things. The most common one is that they shouldn't be able to reach out, they shouldn't be able to reach out each other's hands and be able to touch the other bed. If they're stuck in an Israeli apartment, a small apartment, somewhere in a basement, and they don't have a lot of room, uh, you know, a, a, a small amount of space, as long as the beds aren't touching, as long as the blankets aren't touching, would be enough. But that's, uh, but that's, there should be some space in between. Cheers touching wouldn't be an issue. It means they could both sit on cheers. And the cheers could be touching Zafka bed, that there's an issue of, there's an issue of the beds touching each other. And this is also an, only an issue if she's in the bed, which means if she's not on the bed, you know, the husband's whole, the husband, she's away, or, you know, she's just not around. And the husband's in his bed, his bed, he could sleep in his bed, even though his bed's touching her bed, as long as she's not on the bed. That's Lagabe sleeping in the same bed. Also, making the beds for each other, Atasamita, would also be an issue that's an act of intimacy. Lamaisa is not Nagea because Atasamita be Mechazal. First of all, it has to be Bafanov. It has to be in front of the person. Second of all, Atasamita doesn't mean making the beds because you want the bedroom to be neat. It's like uh, the example of the Paisim said, I don't even know what this means, fluff up the blankets. I don't know what that means. People like the blankets fluffed up. So if you fluff up the blankets, that's like an act of intimacy. That would be an issue. And if you do it for fun of, that would be usser. But regular making of the beds for the sake of, huh? No, that's not an act of intimacy. That's just you want the linen to be on. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how to put on the, the blanket into the, uh, that's, my wife does. I don't know how to get that inside. Make sure that the, all the corners get to the end. That's my wife's job. But it's not it, an act of intimacy. It's an act of, it's, first of all, it's not, it has to be fun of, and even if it would be, it would only be if it's done in a way which is, uh, which is intimate. The, another halakha that comes to beds is the husband's not allowed to lie down in his wife's bed. Husband's not allowed, not allowed, not allowed to 
lie down in his wife's bed. And again, this is this is another third, probably the third example that we've seen of chiluka between the male, the male to the male to the female, female to the male. The husband's not allowed to lie down in his bed, even if she's not even if she's not home, unless she's left town. She's away. She's away for the night. She's out of town. She's in a hospital, you know, giving birth to a baby. Unless she's mamish out of town or away, he's not allowed to lie down in his wife's bed, even when she's not home. She is allowed to sit in his bed even in front of him, but can't lay down in his bed in front of him. So again, he can't lie, lay down in his bed even when she's not in front of there. He, he, she is allowed to sit in his bed in front of him and lay in his bed, not in front of him. He doesn't have to be out, but he's allowed to lay, she's allowed to lay in his bed as long as he's not in the room directly. That would be, that would be what they're, if they want to switch beds, you know, the husband decided that he doesn't like sleeping on the right side of the room, the fan's better on the right side, he wants to the left side or the opposite. Doesn't help to just say, okay, now that's your bed, this is my bed. Doesn't help like that, they actually have to pick the mattresses up and actually have to switch them. That's to be a real switching to take place in order to be able to switch them. That's the Gabi Dalachas of beds. The Gabi Dalachas of benches and couches, sitting on the same bench. They could sit on the same. I just want to finish. They could sit. They could sit on the same. They could sit on the same bench as long as the bench doesn't move. They're allowed to sit on the same bench. However, a bed, a bench which moves, a swinging bench, a shaking bench, something which they'll feel each other's movement would be usher. Would be, would be usher unless it's something which is kavua. If it's screwed into the ground, if it's something which is kavua, it's 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 a uh, huh. A park bench which is screwed in, that would be mutter park bench mostly hard and they want to feel each other's movement anyways, but it would be a soft park bench, soft couch or couch which is screwed in, or even something which is very heavy. The place can say a couch which is very heavy. Also it would be mutter for them to be uh, them to be sitting in something, that would be mutter. Ramesh says the same thing would apply by a back seat of a car. It's also called Mukhabalakarka, even though it's not Mamash Mukhabalakarka, and therefore even though it's one long bench, they can feel each other's movement. Again, as long as they're not touching each other, that would be according to Ramesha Mutter. However, when they're going on a pleasure trip, even if it's Mukhabalakarka, that doesn't help. So for example, I don't know many scenarios, but for example, going on a, going on a, uh, a ski lift, the Ferris wheel, things like that, which are machubal karka, but they're going for the sake of pleasure, which means not we're going on a vacation, we're going to drive to the Alps, and that when you're when the drive itself or the bench itself is a pleasure, Ferris wheel, ski lift, things like that, which is a geschmack in the in the ride itself, and they're on a bench and the benches they feel each other's movements. That would be an issue by the most common of a ski lift and, and uh, Ferris wheel. Similarly, you go on a, you go on a safari, you know, you're on the back bench of a safari, and you both uh, you both there, you both you know, and a safari that would be an issue if they can feel each other's movement. That's the gabi benches and couches. Just one. One last halacha, lagabe, lagabe, water. Rechitz is part of the other of Obviously, her washing him and him washing him is obviously going to be usher. There's nagia, even if it's done without nagia, which means even pouring water on each other would be usher. Not only that, chazal asher, even preparing water for each other, which means even preparing water, turning on the bath and you know filling up a bath for her, or the opposite would be usher. Turning on a shower for the for, for the for the other one. Maybe shows a little bit better because not the same water, not prepared. But that would also place himself. It would also be an issue. However, when it comes to uh, you know dvar mitzvah, a husband wants to fill up his wife's negavas or the opposite. That would be or you know netil sadayim Friday night. That would be uh, you know for the suda. That would be mutter. It's only you know filling up in a way which is intimate. You're filling up a bath for somebody. That's an act of intimate. If they are, if if one of them is the last Allah will say, if one of them is a chayla, if one of them is sick, and some of these some of these archakas don't apply, it's much more makel when she's a chayla and much less makel when he's a chayla. And again, obviously if it's nigiel did davar. A common example comes up, the wife needs a shot, right? So that she's a chayla, she needs a shot. That's Nagiel de Devarachar. He's touching her through something else. It's definitely not Badar Chiba. He's causing her a wound. It's heart, it hurts. That would be called Nagiel de Devarachar. It's the Makam Tsarech. You know, it's necessary. And Shechayla, that would definitely be Mutter. If, he, if, if she's the one that's sick, it's much more problem, problematic. And you have to talk to Rav based on how sick she is and what the scenario is and what touching needs to be done. But that would be, uh, those are the basic halachas of a chakas.